Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 199 of the Ortho Eval Pal podcast. I am your host, Paul Marquis, and today we're going to be reviewing some orthopedic questions that I've been getting from listeners, and we're going to be talking about everything from Osgood Schlatter's disease to cervical spine treatment. Uh, so if you don't mind holding just for a moment, we're going to hear a word from our sponsors. At MedCore Professionals, we offer mobility aids, bracing and supports, compression garments, post-mastectomy care, and much more. Your health and well-being are important to us. Your recovery is our priority. Our certified team will guide you to the right products based on your medical needs, recent procedures, or mobility restrictions. Visit us on Route 1 in Scarborough or at MedCorePro.com. We are Mark and Kelly Hassett, owners of MedCore. And we keep you moving forward. Uh, welcome back, everyone. So before we get started today, I just wanted to throw this out at you. Um, September 18th of 2021, uh, myself and Dr. Susie Lachowski are going to be holding a live blood flow restriction training certification course in Lewiston, Maine. Um, if you are not familiar with blood flow restriction training, uh, just click on the link in our show notes. And um, we have a free webinar that gives you, you know, some basic information of what blood flow restriction training is, how we are using it in the clinic. I'm using it pretty much daily now. And um, so it's a, it's a great course. We had a great time last time, very lab intensive. And uh, we had a we had a lot of fun with it. So if you get a chance, uh, check that all out. And um, now on to our show today. So I thought what we would do today is answer some questions. I get questions, many questions every day about different diagnoses, but we have some that are kind of recurring. That many people ask, you know, very similar questions. I thought we would try to hammer out some of these so that we can, you know provoke some some thought here as we talk about how do we treat certain issues. And it's near impossible for me to answer every question out there, but I certainly do my best to, uh, to do that. So we have a question from Joey, and Joey says, why is it you did not perform compression while performing the Sperling's test in your demonstration video? So the reason I don't do compression and a lot of people do, and it's actually part of the Sperling's test, is because over the 29 years that I've been treating patients, I found that that extra compression that you give is a little too much. It can actually cause them quite a bit of pain, um, and it's, a, it's very unsettling for the patient. And if a patient has nerve root compression, either by herniated disc or foraminal stenosis, it doesn't require any compression. All you do is you extend the neck, you laterally flex it, and you rotate it to the same side. That actually gives you all the compression you need. You do not need to give a lot of downward force. And I just spoke about this in the cervical spine compression test uh, when we talked about that. I do not do a heavy amount of compression uh, because it can be damaging. And so um, I've learned over the years that if somebody has something significant there, just doing the rotation extension and lateral flexion is enough to provoke the radiculopathy down the arm. Okay. So that is really why I don't add that compression uh, because I just really don't want my patient to be angry with me. And it doesn't really give me more information. 
Um, all right. So the next question, I have two people who asked a very similar question. One was Arnab, who says, I have had Osgood Schlatter's disease for one month. And he says, can I still go to the gym and do legs? And then the next question I had was Ashlyn. She says, I'm 13 years old with Osgood Schlatter's disease. My doctor said that I should not be doing any running or jumping. When can I get back to my workouts? This is probably the most frequently asked question um, that I get. And so Arnab and Ashlyn are uh, two different ages. I think Arnab's a little bit older just from looking at his thumbnail. And so I'm going to answer this a little differently. So Arnab, uh, if you have Osgood Schlatter's disease, can you still go to the gym and do legs? Yes, you can. Okay. But what you want to do is minimize the activities that really put a lot of strain on that patella tendon and on that tibial tubercle. Okay, so open chain knee extension exercises really aggressively would probably be painful and harmful uh, to your situation. Heavy squats, especially really deep squats, put a lot of tension on that. And so what you really want to do is focus on the calves, the hamstrings, the glutes, no problem there adductors, abductors, uh, you know, you can do all of that stuff without compromising or causing some issue to the tibial tubercle or patella tendon. And then as you start to feel comfortable, I would start with isometrics first. So find angles that are not painful. And I would start with either uh, open knee, open chain knee extension exercises in multiple angles at isometrics, or even start up with um, something like the shuttle leg press or even a standing isometric wall sit just to start putting some tension and start loading those tissues. But you don't want to do it very aggressively because if you re-inflame it, it's going to set you back again. All right. So yeah, there are a lot of other things you can do and just avoiding aggressive knee extension exercises can really help settle that down. Now, as far as Ashlyn goes, you're 13 years old with Osgood Schlatter's. Can you, when can you get back to your workouts if you can't do any running or jumping per your doctor's uh, orders? Well, at 13, what we recommend is lots of rest. And, and, and you probably don't want to do that. You're probably very active. And mostly active people develop Osgood Schlatter's disease. And so what I would do is I would really just let everything settle down work out all those other muscle groups, take a look at some of my videos that I have for flexibility for people who have Osgood Schlatter's disease. I can actually throw those uh, links into the show notes today. And, you know, take it easy, get back very progressively, you know, start some walking, jogging, walking, jogging, and do it, you know, really slowly, avoid jumping, avoid those deep squats. Um, And then, you know, just go through what I talked about with Arnab, okay? Try to get all those other muscle groups, especially if you're a 13-year-old female, you want to work on those hip rotators and those abductors, your glute muscles, and uh, try to build better stability in that leg. So that's how I would manage Osgood Schlatter's. And um, it's, it's tricky because not everybody will respond the same way, but you really need to let it settle down. Let that inflammation settle before you start rebuilding the strength. Working on your flexibility will also be very helpful. My next question is Farah. Farah says, I have a bilateral positive Hoffman sign. I have hyperreflexia at both knees. I do not have clonus and I do not have any weaknesses. I'm 22 years old and should I be worried? 
So this is a classic example of probably watching one of my videos and seeing some of these scenarios and trying them on yourself or uh, maybe having somebody try them on you and then you find that you have some of these signs and symptoms. Well, I wouldn't panic. Okay, first of all, um, there are many people out there who are what I call neurologically wound up. So there are some people out there who just have heightened reflexes. Um, they might have a positive Hoffman's also. Um, maybe they had an old traumatic brain injury like a concussion, severe concussion at a younger age or something like that. That could have given you some of this residual stuff. Um, I, I wouldn't panic about this, especially if you don't have a lot of weakness, if you're not having a lot of imbalances. But really, it should be monitored. I think that, uh, you know, when you see your uh, primary care provider, it's not a bad idea to have these all checked out. Just keep documentation of it. If you start to find that you're, you're developing an unusual amount of numbness throughout your arms, or your legs, or maybe you're developing some bowel or bladder issues, some instability while standing and walking, then I probably, you know, would, would raise that alert level a little bit, but um, not everybody has to panic if they have a positive Hoffman sign. I've seen people out there who are athletes who uh, do really well, have really no signs or symptoms, but we just happen to check somebody in the clinic and they it happens to be positive. But um, you also want to look at some of the other signs and symptoms. Did you have a severe back injury or a severe neck injury? But if these signs and symptoms just come on incidentally, um, I really wouldn't panic about it right now, but just keep an eye on it, all right? Uh, and I think that's the really all you need to do with that. Here's a question I get all the time, and I'm going to leave you with this last one here. So I have many, many people say, can I call you and ask if you could help me treat me for my issues? And unfortunately, I cannot do that with everybody. As much as I would love to treat everybody I communicate with uh, online, we have people all around the world that we talk to, and uh, I work a 40 to 50 hour week uh, in physical therapy, and I treat a lot of patients. I'm really busy. I do a lot of things like podcasting and YouTubing, and I own my own tree farm, and I'm a really, really busy person. And uh, so I just, I, I, I physically couldn't do it and probably mentally couldn't either um, because it is just uh, such a load. But I think that um, you can certainly send me your questions and I'll do my best to answer them either on YouTube. If you see a video that is similar to your issue, I'll do my best to throw out some answers there. And um, I'll even do a few podcasts periodically to try to answer some of these questions. So if you have an orthopedic question that you have for me, yeah, go ahead and send it, email it to me. Probably would be the best thing to do. That way I can review it and try to get it onto a podcast. Um, folks, Thank you so much for listening and, um, you know, stay tuned. We have episode 200, which I really cannot believe is happening. I was uh, never thought I'd get to episode 100 uh, and uh, now we're, we're rounding the corner coming to 200. So enjoying what I'm doing and communicating with people from all over the place and, uh, and helping folks. Hopefully that I can, if you're a student, I'm helping you feel more comfortable, you know, with your evaluation and getting your answers uh, your questions answered. And uh, if you're a practicing provider, uh, you know, a PA, FNP, uh, any medical provider, PTOT, I hope I can help uh, answer some of your questions also. And again, like last week, we did a talk on 
you know, shockwave therapy. And, and I learned a ton and I keep learning more as I continue doing more of these podcasts. So folks, thanks again for listening. I really appreciate you. Take care and have a great day. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.